Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everyone. If you want to open the book of Luke... Luke chapter 24. I must say, um, I had the most amazing weekend. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. We, it was such a, a lovely service here Sunday morning, wasn't it? It was just the presence of God, the Word, uh, worship, the, the whole lot. God, God was so evident amongst us, and um, I, just, I just was really blessed, really blessed in the service. And then Sunday night, we, I went to... Uh, Ryan or, or Michael, depend like he's Ryan or Michael. He's, he's Filipino. He's, he's got as many names as he wants, I suppose. <laughs> I went, went to him and Sharina's house for the Connect Group, and we just had the most amazing time. I arrived there about six thirty. I didn't get away till ten o'clock. You know, I went away full of full of joy full of lovely Indian food and Filipino food and came away with a sore bum, you know, from sitting on the seat for so long. But I had the most amazing time. It was wonderful that the fellowship was so sweet and the encouragement and the joy. It was lovely. So, um, I don't know, it doesn't get much better than that, brothers and sisters. It doesn't. You know, we, we are very, very rich. And I encourage you, if you haven't entered into the joy of, of that type of fellowship, well, get stuck in. You know, there's lots of opportunity for it between connect groups and young adults and fellowship groups of different sorts, ladies groups. Um, fellowship together, it's worth it. Welcome back, Ben. Good to have you back. Hope you had a nice break. And just thank you, worship team. Isaac, thank you for your faithfulness. You know, time after time you come in and, and you, you serve and worship and Sharon as well and uh, Natasha and, and Hannah, the newbie on the, on the block, you know, but thank you, Hannah, for serving on the base tonight. Uh, lovely time of worship. Let, let's, let, let's read from uh, chapter 24 of Luke and verse 13. It says, Now behold, two of them, as two of the disciples, traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which we're, we're traveling that day, same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Now, this is just, this is actually on Resurrection Sunday, if you like, you know, that this was on that very day. So these two disciples were, were on a journey, verse 14, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. They didn't recognize him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? 
And he said to them, what things? So they said to him that the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had, seen, they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? At beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Stay with us, for it, it, it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. It's, it's nearly night time. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the Scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Lord God, Lord God, thank you, O God, that, Lord, we have, Lord, scriptures, Lord, here, Lord, to read, O God, oh, Lord, where, Lord, we get to see you, Jesus, in these. Lord, we get to know you, O God. And Lord, tonight, Lord, our desire, Lord, is that you again, Lord, would speak to us. O God, draw us, Lord, that bit closer to you, O God. O Lord, through your word, Jesus. Lord, let, let your word, Lord, Lord, do a work within us, O God, tonight, Lord. Lord, let it nourish our souls. Lord, let it encourage us, Lord. Even rebuke us, O God. O Lord, and challenge us, O God. Lord, we desire, Lord, you to speak to us. Lord, open our ears, our understanding, our hearts, Lord. Lord, that we would, O Lord, Lord, be open, Lord, Lord, to your voice tonight. Lord, help me to speak. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, Wilma, my good wife, is a walker. And I, I, I don't like walking, particularly. Um, I prefer to cycle because you cover a lot more ground with a lot less effort. I find, that, I find that a lot more productive for, for, for my energy. I'm into conservation of energy. <laughs> um, but Wilma likes to walk, so a while ago I, I, did, I started walking with her, and she sets out at this almighty pace. 
you know, so it, it, it's actually, it becomes sort of a, a character test of endurance where you've got to keep up the pace and, you know, it's, it's very hard to talk. It's hard to get anything out. You're gasping for air. She sets such a pace. Um, and uh, my title tonight, I suppose, is, is Seven Miles Through the Scriptures. Seven Miles Through the Scriptures. And uh, I'm hoping that we'll be able to go at a pace where Jesus will be able to speak to us tonight and uh, we'll be able to hear what he's saying. But Jesus approaches these two disciples who were, I suppose, introduced to. Um, one is called Cleopas. Um, and we're not too sure, but possibly Cleopas was married to one of the Marys who, who was at the cross. Uh, but anyhow, they, they are t- two disciples, and they're not, they're not particularly high-profile disciples. We don't hear much about them after, after this moment. But Jesus reaches out to them on this critical Sunday, and their, I suppose, disappointment and this, this walk that they're having. And it seems that, that they're going to Emmaus. My guess is that this is their home. They're going to a home there, and they invite Jesus into this home that, that they have. And, uh, and so they're on this journey, and obviously this is, this is the day where Jesus has been resurrected from the tomb and, and from death. But the, these two disciples, they don't, they don't really realize what has happened. This great event, I suppose the greatest event in history has happened, and they've missed it. They've missed it. Somehow, from even standing at the cross and walking with Jesus and having seen all that they have seen, they're missing it. They're missing it. And it, it seems to me that we human beings have an amazing capacity to miss it. To miss it. And anyhow, they, they, were, they were walking along and... They're, they're talking about the events and they're talking about Jesus and they're struggling with everything that, is, that has transpired. And they're, I suppose, considering all that he claimed and all the, all the things that he's done. And they've decided to go to Emmaus and possibly to go back to a little bit of comfort, a little bit of maybe safety, and withdraw from, from what is a, an incredibly tense Jerusalem. It seems like there's a, there's a bloodlust in the air. And, and they take Jesus and they, they nail him to a cross. And the people are crying out. And there's, there's all sorts of difficult things happening there. And they want to get away. And, and the disciples, that this group that they belong to, they've, they've scattered and they've, they've abandoned Jesus, and they've run away. And so this, this couple, I'm guessing that they just want to get home and just, just get away from everything that's going on. Maybe they feel a bit vulnerable. Maybe they feel a bit exposed. Maybe they're sensing the danger even for themselves. And I imagine that, that in their hearts there's this, this deep disappointment 
a deep disappointment with what has happened. Maybe a sense of purposelessness as well. What they had signed up for, what they had pursued for three years, all of a sudden seems to be to them, seems to be snuffed out and taken away from them. And no longer can they, can they follow a physical Jesus. He's been taken away from them. And so, so they're left, maybe abandoned. And so they're walking to Emmaus. And as they, as they walk this, this journey, all of a sudden, Jesus is with them. But they don't recognize him because God, God had closed their eyes to, to, to recognize in Jesus. And to me, it, it seemed a little bit strange you know, God's ways are, are higher than our ways, and obviously God has a plan here, but, you know, on initial reading, I was like, that's a little bit strange. Why not just, here I am, you know, and let them rejoice with, with the fact that, that the resurrection has happened, and let, let, the, the, let there be a shock factor, I suppose, and, you know, a wow factor that, that here was Jesus with them. But, but Jesus is doing something different. And Jesus is right there walking with them, joining in their journey and, and joining in with their conversation. And, and so Jesus has another plan. I don't know about you, but I find that as I'm walking through, through life, that I get into circumstances and it doesn't seem like Jesus can be in them. It doesn't. It seems like Jesus is absent. It seems like sometimes that that this particular set of circumstances are are not something that that Jesus could ever be a part of, because it's so different. It's so out there. It's so particular and odd that that how could Jesus? be part of that. But, but of course, Jesus is. He's, he, he walks with those brothers and sisters. No matter how strange it looks, no matter how it doesn't seem to fit with our previous experiences of, of the Lord and walking with the Lord, He is always with those brothers and sisters. He's always there. And if you're feeling that somehow, you know, Jesus is absent from your particular journey, you're just wrong. <laughs> you are. You're just wrong. He is there he is with you, and he's still, he's still interested. He's walking beside you. He, he, he wants the conversation. He does. He, 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 wants, he wants to be part of our, our, our life journey and experiences, even on the dark days, even on the disappointing days, even when we just don't get it. He's there. He's there. And, and these disciples, they, they completely are not expecting Jesus on this journey. So Jesus joins in and, and he starts talking to them and he asks them, what's so troubling? And so they start, they start to explain to Jesus. It's funny, isn't it? Here they are explaining to Jesus the things that are going on. <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus welcomes the conversation. So they start to explain that that Jesus was a prophet 
who, who did wonderful miracles. He was, he was a mighty teacher. He was blessed. He was regarded by God and regarded by all the people. And they, they explained to, to Jesus in this conversation that they thought that Jesus was the Messiah. And they thought that he was going to, he was going to set, set Israel free from the Roman uh, rulers of the time and, and the, the Roman tyranny, if you like. They were wanting Jesus to, to establish the kingdom of Israel again. And they also, and I suppose they, they like the other disciples, they had their own plans for Jesus. And so they, they were trying to get across in the conversation that they were deeply disappointed with the way everything had turned out and that it, it hadn't gone according to plan, <laughs> according to their plan. Then they, they went on and, you know, they, they, they said that some of the women from the, follower, from, from the disciples had gone to the tomb and, and they'd come back with this amazing report that the tomb was empty and, and that they'd seen angels and that the angels had told, had told the ladies that, that, that Jesus was alive. And then they, say, they went on, they said, and then some of the men went out. And they went to the tomb, and they found it empty also. But these two disciples still don't get it, that Jesus really has risen. And so, so they're just saying, there's, there's, there's something going on. We don't know what it is. And th this, this was their testimony. This, this was their real-life experience on this day of resurrection. Jesus was amazing, in the past tense, he was. He was a prophet. He, 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 he did amazing things. But he didn't, do what, he didn't end up doing what we all expected. There are rumors of a resurrection, but so what? Our walk, our particular journey with Jesus is over. We're disappointed. The promise, so much promise, but it hasn't worked out. We loved Jesus, but what are we left with now? It was a great time, but now we're disappointed. We're let down, and our hope is gone. To sum it up, I suppose you could say Jesus was great, but he's now dead. And the disciples are not cases. <laughs> you know, seeing angels or seeing all sorts of things, they've gone mad. You know, sometimes we can be a bit like that. I had this amazing experience with Jesus. He did this and he did that. But it's all a was in the past event. And now it seems like like, Jesus is dead, and all these people are not cases. <laughs> all my brothers and sisters are not cases, and they're, they're saying things, and it's just, it's just not happening to me. It's like, it's foreign to me. I 
And Jesus allows this conversation to, to go on. And he invited, he invited these two disciples to, to, to pour out their hearts to him. And I think, it's, I think it's lovely. He didn't just come in and start to, to bang, 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 you know, deal with it. He allows them to unload onto him. He allows them, in a sense, brothers and sisters, they are praying. They are talking to Almighty God and they are unburdening the, 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 the situation as they see it onto the Lord. And brothers and sisters, we have this amazing privilege. We have, we have the best friend that we could ever wish for. And he is more than happy to listen to us unburden ourselves onto him. He welcomes it and he invites it. He says, come on to me, all you who labor. And, and maybe you're, you're having difficult days or there's a challenge in the days. Maybe you've, you've moved to a place and you're thinking where you feel that Jesus has abandoned me somehow or he's no longer relevant or he's no longer interested. He's no longer close by. He's no longer available. But it's not true. He wants to listen to what you have to say. He wants you to come to him and unburden. He does. He welcomes it, and we have this, this open door and an open invitation to enjoy Jesus and not just share with him the, 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 the good points, not just share with him when things are going well, but, but to unburden. God, I'm really disappointed with this situation or this, this event or what's going on in my life right now. I feel like we're not going anywhere. I feel like it's in limbo as these disciples. They weren't, they weren't moving into some physical kingdom that they were expecting. It had all come to nothing in their eyes. And Jesus invites them to unload. And he allows them to pour out. Jesus listened to them. And then he does something that, that, that was quite dramatic. He rebuked their unbelief in the Scriptures. He says it quite strongly. He says, you, you are foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his time of glory? I want you to understand something here. He doesn't, he doesn't write off the disciples. He's not turning them away. He is not rejecting them. He's not turning away from them. But he rebukes the unbelief. He challenges that, 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 that root of unbelief that, that can be in, I suppose, all of our hearts. And brothers and sisters, I think that, that we should take a challenge here tonight. It would, be, it would be a good thing to do, to see, is there unbelief in our hearts? 
You know, are we, can, can even the circumstances, the things, the events, the disappointments, the dark days, can they, have they put into our hearts or into our minds a root of unbelief? Because I think the Holy Spirit and Jesus would want to go after that, brothers and sisters. If Jesus isn't doing things according to our timeline, according to our ways, according to our wishes, have we allowed some unbelief to get in there? His ways are higher than our ways. They really are. And he knows what he's doing. And he hasn't forgot us. And he's with us. And he wants to listen even to our, our sentiments of unbelief and struggle and, and what's going on. He wants to hear all that. But he would challenge the unbelief. He would want to go after that. You see, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And God, it doesn't matter what God says to us. If we don't believe it, he, he cannot act on it. He cannot, he cannot outwork that through us and in us. So he, he goes after unbelief and the disciples. And he would go after unbelief, brothers and sisters, in our hearts. And so we're challenged here tonight. Have circumstances in certain areas, uh, propagated unbelief? Is there certain promises that we have stopped believing for because of the dark days or the challenges or the difficulties or because of the nutcases around us <laughs> or the disappointment with, with other people? And so Jesus goes after this and the disciples and he rebukes this unbelief because he loves the disciples. And he would, he would challenge that unbelief in all his brothers and sisters because he loves us. He loves us and through faith we enter into to promises that, that bring us into a life that we could never live. Brothers and sisters, we are called to live a supernatural life. And there's only one way to participate, it, participate in it, and that is through faith. The only way we get to step into something, the only way Peter stepped out of the boat was because he believed what Jesus said. And God calls us to that type of faith, brothers and sisters, to believe Jesus when it looks like the, the, what, what, we'll, what we'll be standing on can't support us. He calls us to stand where we've no right to stand. He calls us to, to, to take possession of things that we've no right to possess. It's true. He calls us to possess a character that belongs to him. He calls us into a likeness that is his likeness. And it's all through just trusting Him, believing Him, allowing Him to outwork these things in our lives and in our circumstances, waiting on Him, waiting on Him to do what He has promised. And, and I, I was talking to somebody recently, you know, when, when we wait on God, when, when we choose to believe Him, we are, in a sense, we're creating a space for God to move in. If we don't wait, we fill it ourselves and we, we, we make a whole mess. 
But when we, when we trust God, when we believe Him, and when we stand back and say, okay, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I've got to trust you, then we create the space for God to move in. And so, unbelief, he would challenge unbelief. Jesus then went on and, and he starts to explain from, from Moses' writings and all the prophets, he starts to explain about himself. And remember, the disciples still haven't recognized Jesus. They still don't know that it's, it's Jesus who's talking to them. So he takes them on this seven-mile journey through the Scriptures. That's where my title comes from. And he takes them from Genesis to Malachi. Uh, somebody's, somebody's on the ball tonight. <laughs> so it wasn't Revelation. There was no Revelation wrote yet, but we could say he takes them from Genesis to Revelation, in a sense. He reveals himself through the Scriptures, but it's Genesis to Malachi is the Scriptures that, that Jesus is talking about. And, and it takes, I've discovered, it takes about two hours to walk seven miles. It takes Wilma about 15 minutes at her pace. But they spend, they spend about, about two hours in the Scriptures and Jesus is talking to them. And brothers and sisters, are you having some struggles in your walk? Is, is there things that, that aren't making sense? You know, are there things that, that, that are just not adding up and, and there's a struggle going on in your life? Maybe it's not a bad idea to do seven miles in the Scriptures with Jesus. Maybe that would, maybe that would help boost your faith. Two hours. See what Jesus says. You know, if you're struggling with, with an area of unbelief, why not search him out? Search him out. Go the journey with Jesus. Get into the Scriptures and discuss them with Jesus. That, that's, that's what I do. I, I, I open it up and I say, Jesus, this doesn't make any sense. You're going to have to help me understand what this is. How, how does this apply to me? What, well, what's this all about? And, and do the journey. Do the seven miles with Jesus. Do the couple of hours or, or just, just journey five minutes with Jesus in the Scriptures. Just start to journey with Jesus. Or maybe go for a seven-mile walk, you know, and put on the Scriptures in, in your ears and listen to them and, and discuss them with Jesus. See, here's the Here's the truth is that Jesus had revealed himself through as, as a prophet, as a healer, as a teacher, as someone approved by God and, and by the people. But this day, Jesus didn't want to reveal himself through prophecy. He didn't want to reveal himself through a healing ministry or through a teaching ministry. All these things are important. You know, prophecy, prophecy is like preaching. Jesus didn't want to reveal himself to the disciples through, through a prophetic preaching. And that's important. That's one of the ways he does reveal himself. And he also, the healing ministry is important. It's really important. Teaching is really important. But this day, Jesus wants to reveal himself to these disciples through the Scriptures. Through the Scriptures. 
and through the verses and through a journey, through the scriptures. And brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you again. We need to go to the scriptures. There's so many people have doubts. So many people have struggles. So many people have, have issues that defeat them in life because they will not go to the scriptures and allow the scriptures to, to have their effect. They won't journey with Jesus and the scriptures. And I want to encourage us again as a church, let's go the seven miles. Let's, let's go on this journey in the scriptures with Jesus again. Let's enjoy his company because that's what it is. He, is. he is the word and he reveals the word. And, and through the Holy Spirit, we will understand and we'll get to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit is gonna, he's gonna bring, remind us of the things Jesus has done. He's gonna make these, these scriptures live. Brothers and sisters, this is important. It's important, and that's, that's what Jesus does this day with these disciples. He says, it's not going to be prophecy. It's not going to be healing. It's not going to be teaching. It's going to be my word, me and you. Me and you. So the invitation is open, brothers and sisters, for us to go into the Scriptures, for us to believe the Scriptures, for us to know Jesus through the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Um, studio, are you ready with that video? I've got, I've got a short video I want to, to show, and then we'll come back. Can you just play that now? General population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week negligible effect. Now at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Ang With four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in the Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a Flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. Good, brothers and sisters. Is that not good? Discipling others jumps 230%. 
that's not a bad return on an investment. You know, brothers and sisters, uh, uh, the, scriptures, the scriptures are so important, and, and Jesus brings the, disciple, the disciples to this point where we've we, we got to be in the scriptures and we've got to believe them. And what happens is they reach a mess. Jesus was going to walk on, but they, they begged him to stay the night with them because it was getting late. And so he went, he went to their home. And what they did was they took, what they were doing was they took the Scriptures home. They brought the Word of God into their home life. And brothers and sisters, this is what's got to happen. The Word of God as, as we read it, as we journey with Jesus in it, it's got to come into the home. It's got to come into life. It's got to come into the relationships. It's got to come into our, 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 our discussions. It's, it comes into our conversations. Brothers and sisters, they brought the Scripture. They still didn't know it was Jesus. They just had this person sharing the Scriptures with them. And they brought him home. They brought, they brought the scriptures home. You will bring the promises of God into your home. You will bring the fulfillment of the promises of God into your home. Hallelujah. It's true. It's true. If we will take the scriptures again and, and enjoy them and, and enjoy journeying with the Lord and bring them home. This new life will come out of it. And this fellowship with Jesus will happen. And they sat down to eat. And Jesus broke bread and their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. They had invited the scriptures into their home. And now they could see Jesus in the middle of their circumstances. In the middle of their life in the middle of their, their fellowship together and their conversation, there was Jesus, brothers and sisters. There was Jesus in an intimate way sharing with them. And we have this invitation from the Lord. He stands at the door and he knocks. He stands at the door and he knocks. And he would like us to open up and invite him in and have fellowship. Enjoy, enjoy the, the, the meal of the promises of God. They're so good. There's so much there for us. There's such beauty there. There's such generosity from heaven towards us, brothers and sisters. There is a wealth of promises. And do you know what happens? is they, they had this, this meal. Jesus then disappeared. What did they do? They got up from, from their meal, and they went back to Jerusalem in the dark. In the dark. And, and you see what happens is they, they, they turned their back on the difficulties. They were trying to escape it all, and they're trying to get away from, from Jerusalem and the troubles and, and get away, get a wee break out at home. And they get up, and courage has filled their hearts. They're not afraid of the dark anymore, brothers and sisters. 
courage and, and, and joy is filled. They've seen Jesus. They've seen Jesus. And if we, if we read the Scriptures, if we journey with them in the Scriptures, we will see Him, brothers and sisters. And we will have fellowship with Him. And we'll have intimacy with Him. And we'll get up and we'll face the darkness. And we'll not be afraid. And they journeyed back. This was already nighttime when they invited Jesus in. Now they're going to walk seven miles back to Jerusalem. Two hours back again in the darkness and the danger up the hillside mountains to, to, to Jerusalem again. And they go back and back into fellowship with the nutcases, <laughs> back into, into friendship and fellowship with those. And they find, they, find, they find other people who realize that Jesus has risen and that Jesus is alive and they have this fellowship together and there's this joy that there is resurrection power and life and Jesus. He has conquered death. He has conquered our weaknesses. He has conquered our disappointments. He has conquered sin. He has made us victorious because He is victorious. They found resurrection life, brothers and sisters. So maybe it's time for us to go seven miles with Jesus and the Scriptures one more time and journey with Him again. Maybe it's seven days a week instead of seven miles. One mile a day. One mile, a day. one mile is not too much. One mile could do that in 30 seconds. You know, one mile a day is, is not too much. We can do that and go seven miles with Jesus in the Scriptures and find, find the joy of resurrection life, find the sweetness of fellowship with Jesus and fellowship with one another. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Have a great week, and may you enjoy the Scriptures this week. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm sure there's tea and coffee downstairs. We'll, we'll be closing prayer before we, before we depart. Let's stand. Lord God, thank you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, we're never disappointed with you, Jesus. Never disappointed with you, O oh God. Oh, Lord, your life, Lord. Oh, Lord, given to us, Lord. Oh, Lord, it's so wonderful, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this, Jesus. Lord, we could be groping around in the dark, Lord. Lord, trying to figure out which way is up, Lord. Lord, but you have stepped into our darkness, Lord. Lord, given us light, Lord, and hope, O oh God. Oh, Lord, in fellowship with you, Jesus, and so many wonderful promises, O oh God. God, and the reassurance, Lord, of your presence, O oh God, and your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we could go on all day, Lord, about your goodness, Lord. Oh, Lord, and the greatness of, of all the things that you've given us, Lord. And, and so we thank you today, Lord. Lord, blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Lord, we exalt you, Lord. Lord, and we worship you, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.